You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, man, I need a fix. I need a fix bad. So you need a fix, huh? Oh, God, man, I need a bad. Hook me up. I got your fix. I got your fix right here. Alright, Jeep Junkies, we know you're jonesing for a midweek fix, so we're going to hook you up with a little midweek Jeep Talk Show to tide you over. Hey guys, we are back with another interview. This time it's Nikki G. And I, I know everybody knows Nikki G from the many voicemails that he's called in, uh, not only on the XJ Talk Show, but also too on our, uh, our other podcast, The Tony and Josh Show. And uh, my gosh, just a wealth of uh, jokes and uh, I guess a lot of spare time on your hands too to, to call in. Uh, Nikki, thanks for being here with us tonight. Oh, thanks for having me. So, Nikki, as I often do, I like starting off with uh, uh, who you are, what you do, where you live, just uh, who is Nikki G, and uh, uh, is there anything we should fear? Oh, no, not fear. <laughs> but my name's Nikki G. I live in uh, North Carolina, and everybody calls me Nikki or Nikki G. So it's, it's not that unusual. live in North Carolina, uh, work in the aviation industry. I'm a what they call fleet service, which is just glorified monkey, I guess you could say. Eh, it's a job. Yeah. So have you been in North Carolina, North Carolina all your life? Is that where you were born? Uh, no, I was born in Ohio and I grew up in the farm out there. And naturally, whenever anybody grew up on a farm, when they turn 18, they leave. <laughs> Like come to North Carolina about twenty six years ago. Uh, Do you miss it? Uh, I mean, not, not at all. Oh really? I guess it was a lot of hard work because uh, if you're, I mean, I wouldn't call it a city that I've I've lived in. I mean, I've always been near Houston, which of of course is a major city, but uh, it's, it's I've kind of been in a rural area my entire life. So uh, I would think that uh, it would be kind of nice to to get back to that sometime where it's wide open spaces and the, the smell of cows and diesel fuel. <laughs> I, I do miss rural area uh, a little bit, but North, Northern Ohio, I don't know if you've ever been up there. It, it's, it gets cold. Ohio, Ohio. Let's see. Uh, nope. Anderson, Indiana is what I'm thinking about. I don't, uh, yeah, I have been to, uh, I have been to Ohio. I was trying to remember uh, the town. It wasn't Columbus. Um, no, nope, I'm not going to be able to pull that out. As a, my 16-year career, we uh, we bought a uh, a collections agency up in Ohio, and I had to fly up there a number of times because uh, all their IT stuff transitioned to our data center in Houston. So uh, I was up there a few times. I just can't remember where, what, it, what it was, uh, what it was called. But that was about 10 years ago, I guess, uh, when I was last up there. I'm sure it was near a cornfield. I don't know. I didn't see any uh, any cornfields up there. But um, maybe I just wasn't looking at the, the airplane at the right time. So um, now you've been in the aviation industry uh, for quite a while, haven't you? Yeah, I believe I'm uh, coming up on 20 years now. Wow. So you, you've been in the avi- a- this aviation job almost as long as you've been out of Ohio. Yeah, pretty much. 
What did you do when you first moved out of Ohio? What kind of job did you get? Did you go straight from Ohio to South Carolina? I'm sorry, is it South or North? Uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. So you guys still have the Confederate flag there? Uh, that's uh, South Carolina. <laughs> I'm just a few miles from South Carolina. So it's, I consider myself kind of both states. Uh, I left Ohio and was building houses down here. That's, that's scary to all the people. <laughs> Well, as long as you weren't doing the uh, the electrical work, I guess it's all right. <laughs> uh, just uh, all, all framing, carpentry, a little bit of roofing. Yeah. Well, it's, it, that's good information to have. I mean, you could probably build your own house if you had to. Yeah. It might look like an airplane, but what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't, don't tell my wife that. She'll have me doing more stuff around the house. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you told me earlier uh, when we were talking about Skype getting uh, – set up on Skype that, uh, that your wife had you, uh, had you busy at least for the next hour. And, uh, I, I just, I didn't want to ask what it was, but, uh, I figured it was something not fun. We call it yard time. She throws me out in the yard for a while. You know, I could lay down in the grass for, uh, for, for a pretty good while and have a good time. <laughs> Although I don't know, it's, uh, it's probably getting pretty warm over there than, uh, by now, isn't it? It was uh, close to a hundred. Oh my goodness! I know it was killing me. You'd have to you'd have to lay out there with a hose in your pants and <laughs> just leave let the water run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the neighbors would call the uh, the police, and then you go through that whole ball of wax again. So yeah. um, now, uh, of course, you're Nikki G on xjtalk.com, and uh, you've uh, you've got you a Jeep Cherokee. Um, so uh, how long have you had your Cherokee? Uh, I was trying to figure it out. It's either six or eight years. How did you happen across that? Was it something that you, uh, just a kind of a lucky purchase or, uh, you had been wanting one, uh, just, uh, how did the whole uh, event uh, of you getting it occur? I was, uh, I was looking for another vehicle. My oldest daughter was getting her driver's license. We need, we needed another vehicle and I wanted something kind of big that would, uh, survive a crash. Uh, that sounds yeah. Kind of more- no, it's exactly, that's a good idea. And I just happened to come across a friend of a friend that had the Cherokee and she wanted it hauled to the junkyard. She was, uh, she wanted to turn it in for the cash for clunkers. Oh yeah. Thing. And, uh, so I had my pickup truck with a little car carrier and I said, I could haul it for it. And I saw it and I fell in love with it. And, uh, I said, look, I made her an offer, drove, took it home and, uh, tinkered with it, got it to start. And I determined that it really wasn't in that bad a shape. It just needed a little bit of TLC. Mm-hmm. What year is it? Uh, it's the dreaded 96. <laughs> is, it a, is it a 96 or is it a 97? Or did you find any 97 stuff on it? It's a, it, it's a 96 and it has the OBD2 ah. from the 97 on it. But not all the sensors. Yeah, whenever I got to replace something, I have to take it off and take it to the auto parts store anything from a nine usually 96 stuff doesn't fit right well that's kind of good kind of bad yeah i'm glad that mine wasn't a 96 uh, because uh and if you guys aren't aren't aware that that was kind of the transition year between 96 and 97 where they changed the body style the a lot of the electronics uh so um but uh, the the cherokee is is so similar throughout its entire run from 84 uh, on up to 2001 
that a lot of the stuff can be moved from one year to, to another. Not all of it, though, and then that's where the nightmare comes in. Uh, five parts when he ran out of 95 grab some any stuff finish it up so uh what kind of issues i mean I, i'm sorry what was the issue with this the no starting issue what uh, what did you have to replace it was it cps was it the uh, cks or uh, what was the cause it was the uh crank position sensor oh, okay and uh, uh, which i never even heard of a crank position sensor my mechanical skill set. So uh, I've, I've learned a lot. Oh, I bet. Cherokee, uh, yeah. The Cherokees are mechanically pretty simple, uh, much like the, the vehicles were from uh, the, the late 60s and early 70s before all the smog stuff got on there. So uh, it's, it's not that difficult to learn, as I'm sure that you found. And uh, it's it's kind of a secure feeling knowing that you can pretty well figure out whatever is wrong and, and get it going uh, up and running um, simply and fairly cheaply. It's uh, my first car was a Gremlin, which pretty much has the same engine that in this Cherokee now. Ah, interesting. Well, it was, the, uh, it was just the, the straight six, which I I think they've been building this thing since the sixties. Yeah, the uh, the first car that I ever drove was a 1973 Gremlin. It was a, a, a baby powder blue. <laughs> God, that was an ugly vehicle. Yeah, and, but it wasn't mine. It was my mom's. So uh, I got to start driving that when I was about, um, I think, 15, 16 years old. So uh, let me ask you about this. Now, I would say, I would dare say, that you are famous for all the the one-liner uh, jokes and stuff that you come up with, and the the misdirection that you do whenever you're telling, uh, you know, say you may you're going down one way and then you take a, a ninety degree or even a one eighty, and uh, you know we're all waiting for it. We're trying to figure out where you're going, and then it's easy to see the turn. You just don't know where that turn is going to wind up. Where do you come up with all these things? Is this is this what you think about when you're sitting alone in, uh, in uh, one of the airliners? Yeah, I've got a lot of time to myself, so I just <laughs> sit and reflect. We're not I'm alone a lot. Not a lot of people want to be around me. Oh, I can't imagine that. <laughs> so I was asking you earlier, uh, our uh, our tin foil jokes. Uh, uh, does that uh, does that uh, rub your fur the wrong way and uh, in a bad way, or uh, is that something that uh, you get accused a lot of, perhaps just by family member members? No, it it it, it doesn't rub me the wrong way, and uh, no one ever mentions me wearing a tin hat, tin foil hat, until Josh mentioned it on your show one time, <laughs> and then it, it just kind of stuck. Well, good. I'm glad it was okay. Josh's fault. Yeah. Yeah, Josh to blame for that one. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, have there been any modifications that, you, that you've made to the Cherokee? My my gut feeling is is that you you really just have a the stock vehicle. Is that is that the the one you drive, or is that a family uh, family member that drives it? Uh, it's uh, I drive it mostly. It's 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 an extra vehicle now. So it was too bad too bad on gas for my daughter. Mm-hmm. Went off to school and when she was able to get some money, she bought a Volkswagen. It's in the driveway. I drive it to work quite a bit. Uh, sometimes my wife will take it to work, but it's it's basically stock. I did put a two-inch lift on it, 
I wanted to put a little bit of bigger tires on it. Mm -hmm. So I just I put a two inch. I just did the bastard pack. I can say bastard on the radio. No, you can't. And uh, <laughs> I put some thirty one inch tires on it. Other than that, it's it's pretty much stock. Right. So, do you do anything with it besides taking it back and forth to work? Do you do any off road? Uh, maybe. Uh, pulling people out. I know that you, uh, he, you had called in a few times about uh, helping people out with flat tires and stuff, but, uh, that's just kind of pulling off to the side of the road. Uh, any, uh, uh, any stuck vehicles that you help get pulled out or anything like that? I, I haven't really pulled up. I pulled my neighbors. He got his minivan stuck in his backyard. I, I pulled it out with the Jeep and, uh, I haven't really, haven't really recovered anybody with the Jeep. Mm-hmm. Any plans, uh, or are you just going to drive it till the wheels fall off? I'm just going to drive it till the wheels fall off. Around <laughs> uh, for a long time, so it's it's a pretty pretty stout vehicle. Oh yeah, it really is. It's easy to repair. So, what kind of uh, uh, trip do you have? Uh, how how far do you have to drive uh, to work? It's a uh, nine miles from uh, from door to door. You're not off. To, you're not off to end one of those runways, are you? No. no well, I, I am off the end of a, off the runway, but I'm nine miles out from it, so they're they're pretty high over when they fly. But if I call in, sometimes you can hear them if I'm out in the backyard, mm -hmm. which is where I get the best cell reception. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess nine miles is uh, it is pretty far out. I didn't. I was thinking that was kind of close, but my uh, my commute is twenty miles. So, uh, that's almost half my commute. So yeah, I guess so. I guess you really wouldn't notice it unless you were, uh, within a mile or two, uh, of the, uh, of the airport. Working at the airport all those years, uh, I don't really hear them that much anymore. I bet it'd be like uh, living next to a uh, railroad track. Yeah. You kind of get used to it. So, uh, it, I think I was asking you if there's a, you have any future plans uh, at all for the, the Cherokee or are you just going to keep it as it is? I'm just going to, I like to keep it like it is. Uh, I would love to have a, I'm ready for all the complications that come from it. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, you got the two inch lift and I'm sure that made a difference in uh, sitting up a little higher, being able to see uh, what's around I like uh, being able to sit up higher uh, in the traffic because you can kind of see what's coming up and uh, maybe uh, start braking before uh, the the low riders do. <laughs> I'm I'm short and stubby, and anything a little higher be a little harder for me to climb into. Um, yeah, you have to get you a ladder or something on there, a little uh, flop down ladder. If you're not going off road, you could get away with that. Yeah. So, um, let's see, what else was I going to ask you about? Um, oh, uh, what kind of work do you do there, uh, at the, at the airlines? I, I know you're not flying the planes, but, uh, if I remember right, you were, uh, I found out that you actually get to taxi those things around from time to time. Yeah. I'm on uh, what they call the tow and taxi team. Parkers. Pilots pull the plane into the gate and if it has to go to the hangar or somewhere else, they just, they turn it over to us and we take it away. So is there anything that you have to do inside the plane or you just kind of have to monitor the monitor what they're doing as they're, as you're being towed? Yeah, well, we have to go on the plane and uh, start up the, the APU, the auxiliary power unit, mm -hmm. and run the hydraulics so we can release and engage brakes. Oh, that makes sense. And then uh, we have to 
monitor the radio with the, our operations tower and the ATC tower. You, you know, if we get the clearance to, we've you've been in a plane before, you know, you just can't. Oh, that's true. Drive around like a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> so you you probably have to communicate with ground control, don't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the radio talking to people all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine that gets kind of uh, kind of humorous too. Uh, the the longer you're the longer you're there. I think I remember some uh, some recordings you did um, where you were uh, your um, uh, call sign or nickname or whatever was. Uh, what was it, XG Talk that you were going by? Yeah, and uh, I, I did it for quite a while. Every day I would, I would just call in something different. But yeah, I was doing XG Talk for a while. <laughs> did you get any uh, get any questions about what the hell is that? <laughs> uh, they, 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 would, they would ask me, and I'd say, that, that wasn't me. <laughs> you can't prove a thing. That's first thing I walk in the office, I ask, is there video evidence? No. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's great. So, yeah, I would imagine that would uh, that would be kind of uh, give them a chuckle, like, "What the hell is that?" Because <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a there's a lot of Jeep owners out there that don't even know what XJ means. So, uh, I could I could well imagine XJ talk. I mean, you got two letters talking. What do you, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I've, I've so the, the guys just kind of roll their eyes and go with me. <laughs> yeah, they're they're probably used to it by now. It's it's kind of the same way with me. Uh, it's just kind of like, it doesn't matter. It's not enough to, uh, to cause any problems. So, uh, now this is, uh, and I'm, I, I'm assuming this happened during your 20 year career, uh, there at the, uh, the airport. Um, there was a, 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 a chance meeting with a celebrity that I believe you, uh, you called in once and I, and it was so much fun to hear. I just wanted to ask you about it again. And I'm sure there's, uh, many of our listeners that, uh, didn't hear that, uh, that voicemail. So, uh, and, and if there's more than one chance meeting of a, of a celebrity, let, let me hear about all of them. But uh, I think you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, I uh, met uh, William Shatner. When I worked for a small commuter line, they would uh, put all the celebrities in, in the clubhouse. And then we would just drive them in a van from the clubhouse to the airport from outside anyhow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually met... I met quite a few celebrities and uh, a lot of politicians. Let me tell you, politicians are the worst people to deal with. <laughs> uh, met uh, Lee Majors. Was, he, he was a pretty fun guy. Oh, yeah. Danny Glover. and I have to think, but there's, there's a list about maybe a dozen. Wow, that's great. Um, met L- Lily Tomlin. She was a total B. Oh, my goodness. I guess, that's, uh, I, guess I can see that. You, you you wouldn't think it, but oh, she was. But uh, yeah, William Shatner was uh, one of my favorites. They uh they they would give us a we called it a packing list, and it was just a sheet of stuff to, for instructions. And uh, on William Shatner's part packing list, it said uh, easily irritable. Uh, do not talk about Star Trek or his singing career. <laughs> which I didn't know William Shatner had a singing. I picked him up and uh, loaded his bags in the van, and I was dead quiet. I just said, hi, how are you doing? I was a big fan. And I'm driving through the airport, and of course, we're driving by all the big jetliners and Boeings and stuff, and we come around the corner to our little, it was a little de Havilland Dash 8, which is 
little turboprop aircraft. And he sees it and he goes, whoa, because I haven't been on something this small since uh, we met to us. Finally said, like, Ramalan 5. Because it didn't work out for Ensign Smith. <laughs> As they told me not to talk about Star Trek. And he says, you can't. I'm, I'm Captain Kirk. I can do what I want. So they got out late and and he actually come through Charlotte quite a bit. He had a, a horse ranch, I think. Oh, of course, yeah, a big horse fan. Yeah, in West Virginia, he, he came through. I was uh, I got to interact with him. And then, uh, <laughs> did you met, did you laugh when he when he gave you the punchline about you know you can't you can't talk about Star Trek, but I can. Yeah, I, I kind of chuckled a little bit. <laughs> and then, uh, but. Met Lee Majors when I was dropping him off. I went to shake his hand and I made the bionic man sound. And he goes, "If only I had a nickel." Yeah, I bet. And did you did you reach in your pocket and get a nickel? No. You know he was on Greg Gutfeld's new show. Uh, the Greg Gutfeld show that comes on Sundays. He was on uh, that uh, on that show uh, last weekend or weekend before, and uh, I was really surprised because uh, he's getting on up there in age now. And uh, uh, it's funny, uh, Lee Majors is not a big man. I mean, he may be six foot tall, but he was never you know real big, bulky type person. And uh, he made Greg, Greg Gutfeld just look tiny. But anyway, that's uh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I was a big Lee, Lee Majors fan from the Six Million Dollar Man, of course, and uh, it was uh, it was always uh, always fun watching him do his thing. He was uh, flying to Hilton Head Island, and uh, the flight was oversold, and he gave up his seat so somebody else could get on the plane and took a later flight. That's, mad. that's I, I, amazing. I thought that was real nice. Yeah, nice. it is. Yeah, he seems like uh, always seems like he's been a decent guy, and uh, uh, at least with his appearance there on Fox and on uh, Greg Gutfeld's show, I'm 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 leaning towards the conservative conservative side of things. But uh, it's okay; you can be a liberal, and I can still like you. I just won't talk <laughs> politics with you. Yeah. Any other interesting celebrities uh, we can uh, talk bad about? A little, you know, after thinking about it, I can see where Lily Tomlin might be a pain in the ass. Yeah, she she was she was kind of uh, I said I, did, I I was kind of afraid of her when I saw how she was talking to everybody around her. But, um, met the naked cowboy too. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Oh yeah, the it doesn't he? Uh, I can't remember if that's Los Angeles or New York that he does all that stuff. I, I think it was in, in New York, and uh, I met uh, the count from Counting Cars. Say the name again. You kind of chopped. I met the uh, the count from Counting Cars. I can't think of his name. Oh, okay. Name. I thought he, you were. I thought you were talking about the count from uh, uh, from Sesame Street, where he counts everything. Yeah, <laughs> count count chocula. <laughs> but uh, trying to think. I met uh, I said Danny Glover. He was he was pretty nice. Oh, good. I wouldn't think he was. He's a, he seems a bit nutty now, but. Uh, Maybe that's just the, uh, the the liberalism coming out. He he was uh, real quiet. And he was dressed in like dirty jeans and a flannel shirt. You you wouldn't have thought it, it was Danny Glover. 
but from a distance. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, various musicians uh, met uh, George Clinton from the Psychic Funkadelics. And uh, oh, God, I can't think of his name now, from ACDC. That uh, I. Yeah, I didn't know who who he was at first until he told me. I was like, "Well, he did, he did not age too well." <laughs> oh, okay, but you were aware. Ryan Johnson, you, that's his name. You you knew the person, you just didn't recognize him because of his uh, advanced age. Yeah, well, that's how I was talking to him, and he said he had to meet his band up in Boston. I'm like, oh, what's your band? And uh, he goes, ACDC, and then, and then it clicked. And I was like, oh man. Yeah, that's that's a that's gonna be the fun part of the job, though. I mean. At least, uh, maybe some of the celebrities that you, uh, it sounds like the majority of the celebrities that you met are, were pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all, you know, majority of them were, were fairly nice. There's a lot of congressmen come through and, uh, you know, politicians that you wouldn't, I wouldn't know them from Adam and they're, they're just, they were really demanding and yeah, a lot of them painting the asses. Hmm, that's interesting because uh, the celebrities and the politicians are both uh, very much in need of supporters because neither one of them has a job if they don't just have the uh, the, the blessings from p- the people. Uh, I mean, one's a direct um, uh, money influence, and the other one's less direct. I guess you can, uh, I guess you can be a, a, an asshole for for two to four years until you come up for re-election. I guess that might be the difference. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that, that was. Back when it was fun to work at the airport, they, they don't let me in the public too much anymore. Well, that can have its uh, that can have its good sides, uh, you know, where you don't have to you don't have to deal with the people and uh, don't have to be disappointed by a celebrity. But yeah, I guess that was early on in the career when you were doing the commuter thing because uh, you're actually with the big uh, the big jets now, aren't you? Yeah, that was uh, way back when I first started a commuter airline. When uh, we, we did one person did everything when they, they didn't have like apartments like they have now. Like one day I'd work in customer service, the next day I'd baggage handling, the other day, you know, up in ticketing and stuff. Now it's, uh, it's, all, it's all departmentalized. It's, I do this one job and I do it every day until I decide to get out of it. Right. Well, I guess that's good. You know what to expect. Uh, the days probably go by a little faster whenever you're uh, changing things up. Uh, I'm sure one of those jobs was, uh, was sucky. And uh, you didn't look forward to, to being rotated into that. But uh, it sounds like it was a very, it's been a very interesting career, probably more so there at the beginning uh, with the small airplanes. But uh, did you ever uh, uh, get into any, doing any flying or have you always just been uh, okay with uh, uh, doing the, the ground stuff? I mean, not, not, not being a pilot, but doing maybe going the private pilot route, taking some lessons. Yeah, I've never really dealt with flying I've, I've have a little bit i used to deal with ultralights before we got married but uh and then i don't really fly too well but i, I did the reason i got in the aviation is i wanted to be a mechanic and i was i was on an apprenticeship program when my airline got sold oh. to another and they, they threw me out of the hangar said nobody that's unlicensed in the hangar and so i just Kind of fell in, in between the cracks of, you know, what, what, what do they do with me? I, I don't want to go here. I want to go there. And so it's like all, all these airlines just kind of inherit me. They just, I just bounce around from here to there. 
Yeah, it's a that's amazing how things work out. Uh, and it wasn't uh, uh, too uh, well. I guess back when uh, when we were kids, maybe a little a uh, little earlier than that, um, people were working at jobs thirty years and retiring. And uh, boy, it just hasn't been that way uh, since. And uh, I don't know. I guess it's the global economy and so many things being moved around and and uh, people flipping companies like uh, like some people flip houses. So I guess that's just the nature of the game now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. I, I work with some people who were hired when I was in high school. I'm like, it's, they're, they're really too young to retire, but you know, they, they don't really know what to do. Right. Well, at least you've got a Jeep. So no matter what, you can always go uh, and tinker with that or drive someplace as long as you can afford to put the gas in it. So Yeah. <laughs> Well, Nikki, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us tonight and give us a little insight of who you are and where you're at. Uh, I had in my mind that you were up in Ohio, so now I'm, I have a better understanding of why I was thinking Ohio is because that's where you're from. Um, yeah, I make a lot of Ohio references, I guess. Yeah. So uh, we, uh, we really appreciate all your voicemails, and uh, we always get a good laugh out of that. I'm sure you can tell from the show we sit there in anticipation of finding out what direction you're going with, uh, with the humor. So... Thank you for all those calls, uh, call-ins, and uh, we hope to hear from you uh, many, many more times. Definitely, and thank you guys for putting up with me. (laughs) Not at all. All right, thanks a lot, and you have a great night. All right, you too, bye. You're listening to Jeep Talk Talk Show, 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 the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house.